And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York. Good to be here, Dan. And Dr. John Vance, pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern. Happy to be here. As this program airs, it's almost Easter, and so how appropriate it would be to discuss today the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A resurrection is uh, so central to Christianity, and who wants to get us started today? Indeed it is, because if the resurrection didn't happen, Satan wins. That would be the one thing, but of course it was for Paul, you know, and one of the things when I was teaching uh, my Bible classes to the kids or even at the church sometimes, I try to emphasize knowing certain chapters. Mm-hmm. You know, what are key chapters? And so it's interesting when you say, okay, what's the great resurrection chapter of the Bible? You often get a lot of people saying, well, well, well which gospel is he thinking of? And yeah, right. it's not in the gospels at all. It's in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul's great resurrection chapter. And he tells it right here in chapter 15, verse 3, For I deliver to you as of first importance what I received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, and then to the Twelve, and then he goes on to tell all the other people who saw him. So that's of first importance. Christ died and rose again. Mm-hmm. And of course, later he'll say, if Christ be not risen, your faith is vain, you're still in your sins. We're above everyone else but the most pitiful people on earth. That's mm-hmm. uh, that, that passage points out, no question about it, that there can be no Christianity unless Christ was raised from the dead. Mm. Because if that is not true, then this faith and... Uh, This Lord that we serve, the whole rests upon that one truth, that he was raised from the dead. Now, that's a razor's edge, isn't it? At the heart of Christianity is a miracle that uh, the Christian believes, by the power of God, that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. Yeah, if that's not there, there is nothing. I cannot help, again, another movie that I don't necessarily recommend you watch and see is The Da Vinci Code. And uh, when he gets to the end of it, you know, and of course that one's denial of the crucifixion and the resurrection and and everything else tied with it. And their approach at the end is, well, is it really that important whether it really happened? Hmm. Well, yes, it is. You know, that's the the very basis of the Christian faith right there. Yeah, Important, surely. Um, You know, there's one thing we maybe ought to do before we go too much further into this discussion, and that is to distinguish the Christian and his teaching or her teaching, whomever's doing the teaching, Sunday school, wherever, Mm -hmm. on the resurrection. And I do find that a lot of Sunday school teachers are nonplussed when it comes to exactly what is the resurrection. Mm -hmm. Well, I think one way to begin is to distinguish it from two other concepts that are quite popular and that often are confused with the resurrection. The resurrection is not a resuscitation of Jesus. That would not be a resurrection because Lazarus was resuscitated, but he was still subject to death, and he did die. Mm. Whereas Jesus was raised from the dead, never to die again, and uh, forever immortal. And the promise for Christians is that since he has been raised, we will be too. 
I'm interested when you use the term resuscitation. I thought you were going to talk about being brought out of a coma kind of thing, which, of course, Lazarus was not. Lazarus no, he was, was actually dead, he actually but he was dead. brought alive from the dead. But he was... But he was not resurrected. He, he was, was resuscitated. resuscitated. Mm-hmm. Be- because there were a number of liberal theologians that said Jesus swooned. And they would say he kind of revived or resuscitated. That's a resuscitation. But that's a different kind of resuscitation. Uh, and, uh, and of course, that Coming out of a coma or coming actually out of clinically being dead and back to this life is still a resuscitation. Being raised from the dead into mm-hmm. a new dimension, a new life mm-hmm. in the heavenly realms, never to die or be subject to That's mortality key, again, is resurrection. It, so yeah. that if the person doesn't die again, that, that is the not kind of re- to death. That's the kind of resurrection right. we're talking about here of Jesus. He would mm-hmm. never die again. And we will never die again That's right. unless yeah. we are raised, truly. Yeah. Now, interesting, too, some people confuse it with reincarnation. And lots of religions teach a reincarnation that due to your karma and what it, uh, in fact, effects from one life to the next Mm -hmm. or many past lives to the next, is that if you've lived like a pig, you'll become a pig. If you've Mm -hmm. lived like a good human being, you'll become a better, maybe a noble human being or even a god. But that is a doctrine that Christians reject. So it's helpful in describing what the resurrection is to say also what it isn't. It's not resuscitation, and it's not reincarnation. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So our Lord Jesus Christ was truly resurrected. Mark, earlier, when you were quoting from 1 Corinthians 15, I noticed that starting in chapter 15, verse 5, it starts talking then about the eyewitnesses. And so this uh, truly was very important to Paul, because he, he, he makes reference here right away to the eyewitnesses. says he was seen by Cephas. I believe that's Peter. Right. Uh, then the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present. That's kind of neat, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So Paul is saying, hey, you can go talk with these guys if you'd like. They saw exactly. Jesus, and there's uh, at this point, there's probably about 500 of them. Because most of them are still living. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's here's all these people, eyewitnesses, saw Jesus, resurrected. Go talk with them. If Jesus hadn't risen from the dead, Christianity should have been very short-lived. Because all they had to do was go to the tomb and say, there's the body, he's dead. Sure. But they couldn't do that. And And there were so many witnesses, and of course... Paul, initially, when he was still Saul, would have loved to have believed that. Hmm. And, of course, didn't have that proof either. And, of course, he he had the proof that Jesus was raised from the dead when Jesus showed up on the Damascus Road and showed himself to Paul in person. Mm-hmm. And, and what is crucial there, to use a word from last week, That's what really is crucial about that is that these people who said they saw Jesus, saw him bodily, mm-hmm. risen from the dead, they were willing to be martyred for the faith for right. that. Yeah. I think it's C.S. Lewis who says, a man will die maybe for something that is not true because he has a false belief. But here, these people, in fact, died for what they truly believed and believed mm. that they saw and mm. experienced yeah. right. from the risen Lord. Now, a man may die for many reasons, but he will not die for a lie. That's right. Well, with that, I see we're up against a break here, gentlemen. 
You're listening to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. Today we're talking about the resurrection of Jesus. Stay with us now. We'll be right back after this short break. We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York, and Dr. John Vance, pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern. Today we're talking about the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, gentlemen, this was um, a historical resurrection, something that really occurred, and there was a real physical body. It was flesh and blood, wasn't it? You know, the, the scriptures, writers take pain, take pains, I should say, to make sure we understand that Jesus was indeed a truly historical figure who truly in history, in flesh, suffered, and truly that as an event in history, he was raised from the dead, a bodily resurrection, not just some kind of spirit or soulish resurrection apart from the body. 
That's right. When he uh, met the disciples in the upper room and he appeared to them and they thought he was a ghost, he says, don't be afraid. It's I and give me something to eat. Uh, Spirits don't eat, you know, and... And he was proving that he was there in the flesh. Or even to Doubting Thomas, thrust your hand yes. mm. in That's my right. side and feel the wounds that are in my hands. Mm. That's right. So this was a true resurrection. It's not a resuscitation. It's not reincarnation. It's historical. It's a physical body. Jesus is resurrected from the dead. And all of these witnesses, Paul tells us in First Corinthians 15... You can go and talk with Peter. You can go and talk with the over 500 people, uh, most of whom are still alive. So here's all of these eyewitnesses. Uh, Mark, you pointed out that if his body was still in the grave, certainly someone would have gotten it and said, Hey, look, everybody. See, he didn't rise from the dead. But that never happened. That's right. And I know there have been uh, liberal theologians that said, Well, you know, these guys... The disciples probably stole it, and that was the, the rumor that was mm-hmm. they were going to try to pass around. And here again, it, it just doesn't make any sense. First off, all these guys that ran away, they're going to go and steal a body? Come you on. know, there's an old <laughs> work that was popular many years ago called The Passover Plot. Yeah. And it kind of plays on <laughs> these themes. But no, uh, Christianity did not arise out of a hoax or a vacuum. Mm-hmm. It arose out of historical facts that were verifiable by eyewitnesses, a missing right. body, and the fact that these people uh, surely understood that Jesus had been raised from the dead for them and for their salvation. You know, and they and they had something working within them. We should not forget That's this. Right. Hmm. Here is a passage uh, that I I love. It is in Philippians chapter three, verse ten, and listen to the apostle that I may know him and the power of his resurrection <laughs> and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death. No, for the Apostle Paul, this was not a phantom death or a phantom resurrection. This was a bodily death, a bodily resurrection that took place in history. And as that passage points out, the power it had, Paul seeking it, but you you see it demonstrated in Peter because you see just the night before he was crucified, and they're saying, uh, "Weren't you with Jesus?" And and Peter's like, "Jesus, who?" You know. And then after <laughs> after the the resurrection, and Peter's out there preaching, and they throw him in jail, and they turn around and they say, "You know." Just stop preaching. Just stop preaching. And Peter turns around and says, I must obey God rather than man. Mm. I'm going on preaching. Here you had a small band of believers going from fear to faith. That's it. Faith in this sense meaning total trust in that one that they understood to be raised from the dead and experienced that. Hmm. Now the resurrection of Jesus from the dead is the basis for our Christian hope today. How many times have we been to a, a funeral service of a brother or sister in the Lord who has passed on and experienced the wonderful words of hope, the truth that because of Jesus being raised from the dead, we too can look forward to a resurrection someday in the future ourselves and, and our loved ones. Amen to that. It's, it's yeah, just wonderful. Yeah, I cannot help but think of Jesus' words to Martha after Lazarus had died, and Jesus said, 
I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Hmm. And he that believes in me should never die. And we sing that great hymn. Uh, I don't know whether most people do or not. Jesus lives and so shall I. That's right. Mm -hmm. Now, you cannot sing that Mm. unless the Christian hope is real and that we, too, will be raised from the dead. That is our hope. Now, in this life, uh, our bodies run down. We labor, we're told, under the curse of sin. And uh, we try to extend them as long as we can, certainly. But uh, eventually our teeth fall out. We get arthritis. And uh, we have a hard time of it in this world of ours, don't we? And you lose your hair. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're looking back and forth here in the studio. Yeah. But this resurrection of Jesus is so important. Um, Paul, the apostle, would go on to say, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. He's the very basis for it. He goes on, he says, and if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty, and your faith is also empty. Now, what is interesting, too, Dan, along that line, you just jog my memory, is that this was so significant on the early church that, in fact, they began to meet on the first day of the week and to worship the Lord. You see it in the New Testament. Hmm. Pentecost happens on the first day of the week. That's interesting. It's 49 days in Jewish reckoning and counting. And you see the book of Revelation that Paul is in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. On the Lord's Day. Now, what is the Lord's Day? The first day of the week in this case. Mm-hmm. Or as Mark pointed out off air, it could be the eighth day, eighth day. by some of them's reckoning. But it's our Sunday. Yeah. It is, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So, some of the early church fathers even pointed that out, that, that you know, they called it the eighth day, you know. And it's so special. And, yeah, we see it in the, the Scriptures Paul, when he wrote to the Corinthian church, he says, when you gather together for the breaking of bread. Well, that's obviously for worship, and it doesn't mean for a meal. He's talking about them getting together for worship and the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. Right. And he says, he tells them to gather their collection, which was going to go to Jerusalem. And also, when you have him preaching at Troas, uh, that was done on the first day of the week. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, or as some of the early fathers said, the eighth day. Mm-hmm. And we have a number, Ignatius of Antioch, clearly, and actually he goes in to describe why they meet on the first day of the week. Ignatius was a disciple of the Apostle John. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was that close in proximity. Also Barnabas and also a writing called the Didache talk about uh, meeting on the Lord's Day, which is that first day. It's almost shocking how quickly... They uh, begin to meet on the first day of the week. It is shocking, really. It's almost immediate, and it is practically universal. It happens very quickly. It becomes the practice and the norm. Yeah, and that shows the centrality of the the resurrection. When Jesus comes into this world, I keep thinking that it's analogous to like an atom bomb going off, like a (laughs) nuclear explosion. It's like, it's so significant. It's like yeah. this great big explosion. And, you know, just simply that one aspect, John, you mentioned, you know, the Sabbath day for, for centuries and centuries mm-hmm. it was on our Saturday. Just that being changed is just so significant, and it's all tied around well, the think, resurrection. Well, think about this, too. In broader terms, uh, we talk about B.C. and A.D. <laughs> yeah. And we would not be talking about B.C. and A.D. if it had not been for the fact that that uh, Jesus was raised from the dead, 
by the power of his Father in heaven. Mm. And that was not lost uh, right on the early church when a little uh, known monk by Dennis the Small or Dionysius Exiguus began to try to figure out when Mm -hmm. Jesus was born. And to date the calendar, he, that's the central event in history, his, his advent. It is. And his resurrection. I just keep yeah. coming back to the, the hope that we have in Jesus because of his resurrection. And, um, you know, the older you get, the more friends pass on. And uh, what a wonderful hope we have. I'm going back. I know I'm going over this again, gentlemen. But, Paul, if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Mm -hmm. Gives us hope for eternal life in the next life, but it also gives us hope that every act that we perform in this life is meaningful. I love that. That event 2,000 years ago makes the connection between our mortal life and eternity. And that's where it meets, at the cross, Mm -hmm. at the empty tomb. You know, some uh, time ago we did a program on talking about salvation and being Mm -hmm. saved, and there's a movement to only emphasize the corporate aspect as opposed to the individual. But let me say... Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. There's no question that when Jesus was raised from the dead, he had in mind individuals. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we can see Jesus dying on the cross. He has you in mind. He has you, he in has mind. you and you yeah. and you in mind, and his resurrection clinches your salvation. Now, his resurrection is a victory, too, over all the powers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's another great theme in the New Testament, that he has defeated all the powers. Yeah. Through the power of his resurrection. There's a power unleashed in the resurrection that is greater than all of the powers that we can think of in terms of forces, Mm. like weak atomic force, strong atomic force, electromagnetism, gravity, anything in our universe. There is a power at work in us. Just looking at uh, the text here later on in 1 Corinthians, it says this, And now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. So based on the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we too someday will be resurrected. We, too, will have a glorious body. And this body that mm-hmm. we've talked about, how that it's, it really is essentially dying, isn't it? Aches right. and pains and losing the hair and losing your eyes and teeth falling out. Someday we're going to have a glorious body. We will be with our Lord. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And also psycho- Lord. psychologically, remember that passage emotionally where it says and he shall wipe away all tears yeah that's right so it's the whole person body soul and spirit it's whatever the totality of being human is Mm -hmm. jesus has been raised that we might live completely and fully well as this broadcast is being heard uh tomorrow is resurrection day and uh we want to encourage you to uh find a good church to go to 
perhaps uh, you have been out there and uh, maybe just kind of keep putting off going to church. Well, you know, God's people meet for worship every Lord's Day, every Sunday. And you would be welcome to any number of good evangelical churches. Uh, If you have a question of uh, maybe looking for a church, by all means, uh, email us or contact us here at the station. 888-724-4427 is our toll-free number. And uh, we'd be glad to uh, direct you to uh, any number of good evangelical churches that preach the gospel and who love our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, our risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Today in the studio with me has been the Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York, and Dr. John Vance, pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern. We have about one more minute left to the program, gentlemen. Any closing thoughts? I will say this. uh, We celebrate Easter tomorrow. It's also true that at Westminster and other churches, we celebrate Easter every Sunday. Yes. That's right. The resurrection is so central that it is the central part of our being. That's a central part of the being of the church. And again, the, the, the call is, is Christ risen? You know, ask yourself that question. If he is risen, then what does that mean for you? If you don't know what that means for you, you need to find out. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. How about you, Lark? I am, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us today. This is A Plain Answer here on Redeemer Broadcasting. Please join us again next week at this same time for another edition of A Plain Answer. <laughs> 